Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. At the window. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. And go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. Welcome to At The Window here on a beautiful Friday afternoon here in Midtown Manhattan. Studio 34 at the Renaissance Hotel overlooking lovely Versa Restaurant. Right now have some soccer on the big screens out there or some soccer highlights. We'll see if they play uh, the Michigan game coming up at 2 o'clock. The Michigan playing Texas Tech. That is in the College Baseball World Series. Those of you um, rooting for Michigan there, one more win, and they are in the title game. Uh, Texas Tech, they need to win against Michigan, and then tomorrow they'll play again, winner and take all. So that's what Texas Tech is rooting for right now. But I don't see baseball up there right now. A uh, bunch of soccer highlights. I think it's just a Versa ad right now. But uh, hopefully they'll get the baseball game up there 2 p.m. Eastern time. I'm looking forward to that. Not a huge college baseball fan, but Michigan's involved. It, it's really... Uh, miraculous that they could actually go to the title game in the college baseball. I mean, uh, they haven't won since the 60s. This is the first time they're in the College World Series since 1984. Uh, they made it back-to-back years back then, 83 and 84. Had a lot of good players, and hopefully uh, a lot of the players on this year's squad go on to have great baseball careers uh, in the future. But right now, let's talk NBA draft. Last night, People don't like to hear about winners and losers because we won't know for three to five years down the road as these players grow into their bodies, all a bunch of 18, 19-year-old kids, especially at the top of the draft. So it's hard to really gauge who is a winner, who is a loser. But that being said, I'm going to talk winners and losers. How are the Knicks not a winner? They didn't screw anything up. So right there, boom, winner. It doesn't matter. They did not screw anything up. R.J. Barrett, though, in, in all seriousness, looks like he could be a great player. And I was watching MSG yesterday, and they, they interviewed his father, Rowan Bar, uh, uh, Barrett. Uh, he played at St. John's, actually, in New York. Went on, played in Canada, and played overseas for a bit. Uh, so he was a professional basketball player, just not in the NBA. And just watching R.J. Barrett's father and how he answered questions, you can see where he gets the seriousness from, the competitiveness from. Uh, really impressed. A great job uh, by MSG getting... Um, uh, Rowan uh, Barrett on and interviewing him. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm excited as a Knicks fan. R.J. Barrett, uh, he's not Zion Williamson. We all wanted Zion Williamson as Knicks fans. When, but they lost the lottery, and he wasn't going to go number three overall in the draft. So this is a best-case scenario. They didn't take Darius Garland. They didn't take uh, Jared Culver. They didn't take any surprises with the three-pick. And so you have to be happy if you're a Knicks fan. So how are they not a winner? They are a winner. They did not screw this up. Let's set aside the Knicks. The... New Orleans Pelicans are winners, and they became winners when they traded that number four pick into more picks, and they got the eighth pick, Jackson Hayes, to pair with Zion Williamson, a defensive big man. He's very raw. He's compared to Tyson Chandler. At least ESPN was comparing Jackson Hayes from Texas, the freshman, to 
uh, Tyson Chandler, not much offensively, more about just uh, around-the-rim type of putbacks, has to develop his uh, offensive game. But when you have Zion, when you have Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo's not a great offensive player, but what, what Alonzo Ball will be able to do is penetrate and throw those alley-oops, and Jackson Hayes, you, you are sure, he is going to be on the other side of those alley-oops. And so it's a great pairing. I love it. And you, you put a defensive big man with Zion Williamson, who's a little undersized. He's a freakish athlete, as we know, but he's 6'7". He's not a rim protector. Even with that freakish athletic ability, he does, and he will block shots at the next level. But now that you have Jackson Hayes to pair with him, he does, he's not a guy who needs the ball. He only shot five uh, shooting He only had five shooting attempts per game last year. At Texas, so he's really raw offensively, Jackson Hayes. But if when you uh, pair him with Zion, I love it. I love the pick. He doesn't need the ball. Zion's going to hog the ball anyway. He's going to demand the ball. He's the focus of your offense. Now you get a guy who is a wonderful compliment in the front court with Zion in Hayes. I love it. Great pick there. And New Orleans trading down. Brilliant move as they add even more picks to that Anthony Davis trade that they made uh, a little while ago before the NBA draft. Now, Zion, we talked about yesterday. Love him. Very high on him. And as a matter of fact, the prop now, FanDuel Sportsbook has it, minus 150 for Zion Williamson, the favorite, to win Rookie of the Year next season. The next closest guy, you got to go Morant, and he's at plus 400. So I'll get into that a little bit later on, mention it more when Steve joins me, Steve Sadovoy, our uh, Mad Props uh, segment. That'll be later on uh, in the show. We'll talk more about that too much of the dismay of Steve who doesn't want to talk about that. I'll talk about it. He can talk about his baseball picks. He'll give us his three baseball picks. He went two and one last week, so we'll see what he could do uh, this week with his uh, props that, that he looks at uh, in Major League Baseball, and we'll see if he has any for the NBA draft. But uh, I'm taking Zion Williams in minus 150 right now. But if you want to make some money, maybe there's a, we'll give you a, a, a sleeper or a dark horse maybe to make some more money than that. I, I was watch, I looked at it. Darius Garland plus 1,400. Now, let's talk about Darius Garland. Goes number five to the Cleveland Cavs. But you're like, wait, wait. They have Colin Sexton, who they drafted last year. Had a great second half of the year. 20 points a game he put up. Came into his own. He's a point guard of the future. Why are they adding Darius Garland? Well, Truth is, in Beeline's system, you could have two point guards, if you will. And the way the NBA is today and it's set up, it's, uh, you, you, you want to play a lot of guards. You want to shoot the three. Darius Garland is a, is a wizard with the basketball, and he could shoot the three. Great and polished offensive game already for Darius Garland. Doesn't play much defense, according to the reports. And uh, Colin Sexton doesn't play much defense. That's a concern, but... The Cavs going in, they are going to score the ball. Score the ball. That's the plan right now with John Beeline to improve their team. They also got Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, with the 30th pick, the Cleveland Cavs. They did very well. Um, he's troubled. A lot of people didn't want to touch him, but with the 30th pick in the first round, adding a shooter of his caliber to Beeline's system and his athleticism, uh, another great pick for Cleveland Cavaliers. So if you want to call them winners, and we don't know how it's going to play out three to five years down the road, I, I certainly would not disagree with you there. But Darius Garland, as much as people are surprised, I was not uh, the best team's John Beeline had at the University of Michigan were those with Trey Burke in 2013. Trey Burke went to the title game, lost to Louisville. Uh, Montrez Harrell was on that team, and uh, so he ultimately lost. And Montrez Harrell has turned into a great NBA pro with the Clippers last season, getting off the Houston Rockets squad. But the best teams Beeline had were point guard dominated. 
And Trey Burke played a great uh, a point guard that year, great, and uh, he was a player of the year. Went all the way to the title game, losing to Louisville. And I could see that happen. He also on that team that was uh, Tim Hardaway, uh, so another guard there. And you could see that now it could be this could be the new you know, Trey Burke Hardaway tandem here in Cleveland with Garland and Sexton. I don't think it's crazy that they took a point guard there. They're taking best available DeAndre Hunter. I thought was going to go to the Cavs all along, but. There was a trade. The Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, traded up to number four with the Pelicans, and they grabbed DeAndre Hunter, who I like a lot. University of Virginia won the national title, shut down Jared Culver in the national title game, who also was in this draft as well. High pick, number six overall. He could shoot the three, and he could defend. Six foot seven, sophomore, great pick. Uh, great to pair that with Trey Young in Atlanta. So, you know, great job trading up at number four to get it to get DeAndre Hunter, who I had going five to Cleveland. But then Darius Garland is sitting right there. You're going to take him over Jared Culver, and and Culver's a guy. If 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 I'm going to um, be critical of any one player in the uh, lottery here, uh, especially that early, uh, Culver. Culver's a guy. I, I don't know how he's going to translate to the next level, but. One thing I'm not confident in, I'm not confident in his shooting ability. And he had the ball. He dominated the ball at Texas Tech. It was ISO. They would run down the shot clock, give it to Culver. Culver would create, drive to the rim, and he would usually be successful because he's playing against collegiate players in the Big 12, not against NBA players. Um, and so in the, at the next level, how is that going to play out? We'll see how it goes going forward, uh, but uh, not high on him. I don't think he'll be a perennial all-star as much as people – Love him and, and feel he's going to grow into his body. He has a six foot seven frame, long wingspan, so he could potentially uh, grow into a good NBA player, at least at the very least be a good defensive player. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, a couple of guys who slid, uh, Nas Little from uh, UNC slid, and I, the, the problem with that, he played for Roy Williams this year. Uh, that really killed his draft stock. Limited minutes, and he's kind of a tweener, as described by a lot of the experts, the scouts out there. And he slid all the way to 25th to Portland. Uh, that was surprising. Bull Bull slid to the second round. That's Manute Bull's son. Uh, Oregon, 7'2 center. Uh, it was injured, injury concerns, and, and lack of, I guess, hustle, or what, what have you, with some of the things that you hear. Uh, but that's a great value. I, I mean, the second round he went, uh, he was a projected when he came out of high school. Five-star guy. A lot of the uh, scouting services rated him an elite prospect. Goes to Oregon, gets injured, doesn't play much, and now he falls out of the first round. That was shocking to me to see that. But um, uh, we'll see how his uh, career ends up. He's in Denver now. Uh, good spot. It's, it's a team that he could develop because they don't need him to play right away. And so he could develop and, and learn from the coaches there. So not all is bad for Bol Bol right now. Uh, but the, uh, other guys that I feel like Cam Reddish goes 10th overall to the Hawks, uh, he has all the upside in the world. He has a 6'10 frame. He's, he's a forward. He could shoot. He could handle. He's everything you would like. But it didn't show up at Duke last year. But that could be blamed partially on the fact that he was playing with two other studs in Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett really didn't fit that system uh, with Co- Coach K, really didn't fit with those guys around him. We'll get the basketball. Not as much, though, when you have Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter on your squad there in Atlanta. So that is a, is a concern there. But he's young. He could develop. And Kevin Herter's there. I, I don't know how he fits in there. Uh, so, but, uh, so uh, 
uh, kind of not, not a great place for, for Cam Reddish uh, as you look back. But winners and losers. I mean, can you really sit here today after watching the NBA draft and grade teams based on the players they picked? You, you can't, but we do it all the time. And we love to do it, right? When you go to the park, and I used this analogy with Gabe Morenzi earlier today, when you go to the park and you're waiting for, to play next, you're scouting the teams, right? You're scouting, and you can tell who could play and, and who can't play. You, you can tell who has a jumper. You can tell who has a good inside game and what have you. Same thing with, with a lot of these players in the draft. You know Zion Williamson has great athletic ability and can outjump anyone, right? And you could, that's clear as day. You know Zion Williamson can't shoot worth a lick from the free throw line. Terrible, 64%. You know he needs to work on his outside shooting game, the three-point shot. You don't need to be an NBA scout. You don't need to have played in the NBA to know that. So you could definitely know a little bit and could grade these guys, and it's not crazy to the next day to, to give your opinion on who's the winner and who's the loser based on the draft positioning and the players that they drafted yesterday. R.J. Barrett, uh, a lot of people upset with, I guess, uh, the fact that he wasn't a great shooter at Duke. Yeah, they're going to pick apart everybody, you, you, there's, or, or what have you. But that was evident by, by his shooting percentage and by watching games. That's not crazy. But the rest of his game, it's evident that the guy has, has game. So, and, and he can fit in with the rest of the, the Knicks uh, team and, and surrounding, and we'll see what they do in free agency. They have $70 million to spend, so the team might look totally different from what they look like today. And you could compare players from years past that you've uh, looked at and watched their game and how they fit in. But a lot of the success or failure of these players, it rests in the hands of the coaches and in the organizations they go to. Uh, That's a big thing when it comes to these players. Will they get the opportunity to shine to get the basketball? That's why I'm high on Zion because he's going to get the basketball. He's going to be the showcase of that team. Lonzo's not going to shoot. He doesn't want to shoot. He's a perfect guy to set up Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram, yeah, he's going to demand the ball too, all right? But every team has a couple of guys like that. So uh, Kevin, uh, um, and so uh, the other players in the holiday, he could dish off, he could defer to Zion Williamson on the Pelicans. So that's a great spot. Hayes, he's a defensive player. Uh, Jackson Hayes, so he's not going to demand the ball. So Zion's in a perfect spot to put up points and to be successful in New Orleans. A guy like Cam Reddish, not as much next year because he has to share the ball with Trey Young, a little bit with DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. There's more players surrounding uh, Cam Reddish there, so it's easy to project and say, all right, he's not going to get the numbers, he's not going to have the numbers, he's not going to have the basketball. Now, R.J. Barrett, what, how many shots is he going to get per game to showcase his talents? We don't know because free agency is not here yet in the NBA. So what are the Knicks going to look like? That'll give you a better indication uh, what uh, type of, um, I guess, uh, showcase that he could put on next year because uh, how many shots is he going to get per game? The more shots you have, the, the better uh, chance you have of putting up better numbers and being the rookie of the year because it's a numbers game. It really is. Uh, yeah, it's, you could look at um, players playing on good teams and should that account for more than just putting up numbers, but you all, you all know it's all about the numbers. The numbers are sexy. Uh, writers, that's what they go for. You have big, big, flashy numbers. You're going to win more often than not rookie of the year in the NBA in all sports, really. And so, yes, we, we can sit here and we can project a little bit. One other thing before uh, um, we get out of here uh, for the first segment here, before I welcome in Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk and NBCSports.com. Michigan. Uh, i got to mention Michigan again. 
Fourth year in a row, first-round pick, and that is, of course, Jordan Poole, the sophomore guard. He hit that great shot against Florida State in the tournament two years ago, if you remember. So kudos to Michigan and John Beeline. It was the eighth first-round pick for Michigan since 2011, so kudos to them. Great program that they built there. Hopefully, Juwan Howard can continue that as they go forward. Still a lot more to do here. Kurt Heelan. Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com, NBA writer. He joins me next, talking NBA draft. Back here on At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network, I am Sean Guasamakia. Thank you for joining me here, talking NBA draft. And before we welcome in Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk on NBCSports.com, as we play Barb Marley. Um, you know, one thing, uh, as I get on my soapbox a little bit here, I mean, and everyone's talking about this on Twitter. This, this is, all right, uh, everyone had the same reaction yesterday when DeAndre Hunter's picked, and he's wearing a Lakers hat, even though the Hawks picked him, and the trade is, it's been traded, that pick, twice already, and then Jackson Hayes, who was picked by the Pelicans, wearing an Atlanta Hawks hat, I mean, talk about the NBA, and they always talk about how progressive they are as a, as a league, and always get it right with the youth of America. What is why does it take this embarrassment for them to realize that it's a problem? Can they please resolve this for next season? It's so confusing and it's so dumb. And the other thing, if it was baseball, they would be killing baseball. That's another reason why they don't connect with the youth of America because of these stupid um, arcane rules or whatever. With these, the, the um, trades aren't official until what July sixth or whatever, and so they have to go with the teams that were originally in that slot. I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Kurt Heelan now joins me. Kurt, uh, what can you add to that? I, I'm sure you were um, dismayed by that as well, or not as surprised, but that was a big reaction on Twitter last night. Well, and it happens every year. And yeah. this year we kind of knew more about it because it was Anthony Davis and the Lakers, and <clears throat> it gets a, you know, a brighter spotlight because of that. But this literally happens every year. When are they going to change it, though, time- Kurt? Don't you think it's dumb? It is, and the... Yeah. The only logical way to change it, and it's something teams, some teams have pushed for, which is kind of flipping the NBA calendar around, starting the free agency sooner, like closer to the end of the finals, and having the draft later. Like, and not necessarily pushing it way, way back, but a little bit, you know, a week even, mm-hmm. so that some of free agency can shake out, some of these trades can get pulled off. So by the time the, I mean, there's still going to be trades right before the pick, always, and there's always going to be a little bit of awkwardness there. Uh, in this kind of show, but something like that, look, the the Laker hat wouldn't be there. We all knew that wasn't the Laker pick, and it got traded twice, but, you know, maybe that kid gets to go up there and put on a Hawks hat because they can actually finalize the trade quickly enough to to make it work. So, um, and and look, that happened throughout the night with different guys' trades, especially in the 20s and stuff that were were happening. Um, But there's teams that would love to have free agency than the draft because they feel like they'd have a better sense of what they want to do in the draft. Yep. But good luck getting the, the, the NBA calendar is, uh, you know, they, they treat it like it came down from Mount Sinai. And <laughs> good luck getting them to change it. Well, what's the pushback on that? Why won't, why are they reluctant to change it? Um, it, it can mess with summer league. It can mess okay. with a lot of things. Uh, so I think that their concern is not, is, you know, right now that it, it comes too fast. And I think they realize it like, the NFL has done a great job of turning the draft and free agency into a whole second season, right? Yeah. Part of the problem is the NBA season's eternal, but um, <laughs> it's true. 
<laughs> hey, but uh, if even if they fix that somehow, it's it, that they've done a much better job. In the NBA's case, I mean, in the, it just comes so fast after. I mean, the, mm. how long did the how long did the Raptors have to celebrate before the NBA had turned its head away? Forty hours yeah, exactly. before Anthony Davis trade came in, and yeah. and boom, everybody moved on. And like you know, I got a text from a friend who was also you know working to write up Anthony Davis stuff when it happened. He's like who I've been seeing at the finals, you're like, you unpacked yet? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know. Get ready. Here we so go. I, yeah. It, um, yeah, we haven't even unpacked. My wife is staring at me like, really? You just got home. <laughs> so uh, it's, you know, it's just, that's the way this is going to go. And they've, until they, 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 I think eventually there will be calendar massaging, but it's, yeah. there's so many partners and so much involved well, that it's just that the league is slow to do it. So you explain the league and, and, and their point of view and, and why it hasn't happened, but yeah. how about some of these networks? They even have it as the, the Lakers pick and just put the, you know, uh, were, update what, the what, board. And that's, that's the, and that's the awkward thing. They're, requ- they're required by broadcast partners to say, oh, the Lakers are making this pick, even uh. though because they can't, because they technically the Lakers are making the pick. It's just we know it's going to be passed down twice. Right. Um, not having those trades go through, just the whole thing isn't. It is awkward, and you get it, you know, throughout the, you know, yeah. throughout the night with the Minnesota at six with Jared Culver and the Suns. <laughs> we knew it before he got. You know, sorry about that, but we knew it before he got up there that you know, he's not. He's going to Minnesota. We know that, <laughs> but you know, there's just nothing you can do. All right. There's nothing. Let's put this. Way. I don't want to say there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that's going to be done in the short term. In the short term. All right. Uh, talking with Kurt Heelan, Pro Basketball Talk on NBCSports.com. Now, uh, let's get to the draft. Let's get to the the. the uh, there wasn't that many surprises in the first round, or, or and, and whatnot. A lot of trades before everything went down. So, but I want to ask you, as far as you're concerned, the biggest surprise of the night was. Um. Honestly, the one that first thing that turned heads, the first ones like you picked him there. Was the Suns taking Cameron Johnson at 11, um, 11, number eleven? Yep. Nobody saw that. I mean, most teams had him mid twenties. I mean, yep. he's a look six nine guy who can shoot the ball, played at a major college. It's not like he's a bad player. Um, he might even have a role in the NBA. But I mean, pff, a lot of questions about his defense, his durability. He's had some hip. I mean, just there's a zillion questions about this guy, and that's why everybody had him lower nobody had him at 11 and it was, that was, I think the first one, everybody went really there. Okay. <laughs> right. That was, there was, and then, you know, um, that was, I, yeah, I think that that was probably the biggest surprise in the first round. There were some other guys that went, you know, I'm surprised that Nasir little fell that far, even though yeah, I mean, were high on him, yeah. but it's a, it was a weird draft that way because it was, it was really flat. I mean, in the, it really, there was, if you're ranking the players by tiers, and we did that the morning of the draft over at NBC, you're ranking players by tiers. Sometimes there's pretty much a consensus that, all right, these five guys are roughly comparable and, and you know, a little bit of eye of the beholder or positional need, but not this year. It was, you know, you take somebody like Rui Hachimura. I mean, he went, I think it's 13th, right? Um, the, the, the kid out of Gonzaga, Gonzaga. went. Ninth, um, ninth. Yeah, ninth, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Number nine to the Washington Wizards. I know teams that had him in the twenties. Wow! Like great that, story. He first was Japanese board that. player, yeah, in the first yeah. round. Yeah, and, and I'll, honestly, he wasn't high. He was. This, I think he's the second best player out of Gonzaga. What Brandon Clark went in the twenties. Yeah. I like Clark better. Yeah, um, as an NBA player, as a guy who can defend and do some stuff. So it's just all really weird like that. Obviously, I'm not surprised Bull Bull fell out of the first round, 
I'm surprised he fell all the way to was it 44, 45 or uh, 44, NFL, I yeah. believe. Yeah, Denver, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I, actually, Denver's a good Denver's a good rehab spot for him, but for him to kind of rehab his image and not have a lot of pressure on him because they're kind of set at center. But <laughs> I uh, think they might be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was surprised he fell that far. All right, how about uh, Darius Garland to the Cleveland Cavs? Was that a surprise to you? They already picked Colin Sexton last season, a point guard. Uh, John Beeline takes over there in Cleveland. Was that much of a surprise, or they were just going best value at that point, number five? No, I, I think actually it was. I really liked their draft, and I, they took. <clears throat> this is what you should do if you draft in the NBA. If you draft according to need, as opposed to best player available, you end up like, well, you end up like the uh, the Trailblazers years ago, going, you know, we don't need Michael Jordan. We've got Clyde, <laughs> Clyde Drexler. Sam Bowie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we'll take Bowie. If you, unless if if you think two guys are even, then you take the guy that fits your position better. But if 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 there's a distinct difference, take the high upside guy, especially if you're the Cavaliers right now. Does Darius Garland fit with Colin Sexton? I know they're trying to sell that. Yeah, I'm not sold. So I like. <laughs> I don't believe that those two necessarily mesh well. But Garland has the higher upside. Like, just yeah. get him. Take the best player. Yep. Worst comes to worst, you have to trade one of them and you get some value back. But I like their picks. I like, by the way. They took um, Kevin Porter Jr. at 30 mm-hmm. out of USC. They paid like $5 million to move up to get him. That's, I love that pick. That is a high upside pick that you get with the last Why did he fall? So, why did he fall to 30? Uh, a lot of questions about him off the court. A lot of questions about his commitment and, and seriousness with the game. And, like, you know, he was suspended briefly. And then he had the weird leg ailment that sat him for two months that never really got explained well and just – a whole string of odd situations. So there's a lot of concern about the, the risk. But at 30, now you're, I mean, he's got top 10 type talent if it's all coming together. At 30, that's a great gamble. That's, hey, maybe it doesn't pan out and you don't lose that much. But if it pans out, you know, John Beeline's got a, a he's got maybe the best young player on that team right now. So wow. that's a great, I, I like the potential there. I like taking a guy like that late. And by the way, they picked up. Dylan Windler, who I mean, guy can shoot the rock, you, you know, nothing wrong with picking guys that can shoot the rock. Just you know, unless you're doing it at you know eleven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, uh, I want to talk about Jackson Hayes, number eight overall to the Pelicans. Yeah, I like the pick a lot. I, I explained it. Uh, some people don't like the pick; it doesn't have much of an offensive yeah. game. But I think pairing him with uh, Zion, I think it uh, matches up, and it, it, it's very good for, for both those players. They complement one another. What say you, Kurt, on that, on Jackson Hayes' eighth? Yeah, I'm curious to see how he fits just because they, there's two ways to go if you're going to pair somebody with, with Zion. A, get another athlete out there. This is going to be one wildly athletic front line. Once, you know, I, Hayes is a little bit of a project because he's kind of a late bloomer. He needs some polish on his game, but um, he could be the defense-first, rim-running kind of guy. The, the other question was, and I think there's potential there, especially on a team like the Pelicans want to play fast. They want to get up and down the floor. An athlete like Jackson Hayes in that kind of situation where he can get out and, and get some buckets in transition and, and make some plays in transition becomes potentially really valuable. He's got to develop a little bit of a shot, though. Zion's going to want to drive the lane, obviously use his strength to get inside and dunk over everybody. Um, you can't have another big there clogging the lane. He's got to, he's got to find a way to either live in the dunker spot and, and pull the guy away from him a little bit or and or develop at least enough of a mid-range game, you know, if he's going to pair with him. You've got to provide some floor spacing, I think, with Zion. 
Although as Zion comes along, he'll provide his own floor spacing, I think. So um, it has a lot of potential. I like what the Pelicans did in this sense. They didn't love who they could get it for. So they trade back, you know, and they get mm. they get Hayes and they and they make like three they make three or four bites at the apple. And and I think in a draft, like I said, that was flattened, you know, they, they get Nikhil Alexander Walker, who I kinda like at seventeen. But in a draft where everybody's not sure about how good everybody is, take multiple swings, right? Like don't put all your eggs in one basket. Let's take multiple swings and see if we can develop one of these guys into something. Hey, Kurt, uh, speaking to that, it seems like they're following the model of the L.A. Clippers with Blake Griffin, be, you know, Zion being the Blake Griffin, and, and DeAndre Jordan and, and Jackson Hayes being the DeAndre Jordan, right? They're kind of like similar, like Zion similar to Blake, uh, and, and yeah. Hayes is similar to Jordan. Is that a smart thing to do? I, I, it's kind of how I see it. It, it, can't, it can be. I mean, you've got to remember that that really worked for the Clippers because they had Pete Chris Paul running the show yes. um, and annoying the crap out of everybody. But running the show is an elite <laughs> He still does, guard. apparently, yeah. yeah. Yes, he does. Uh, that has not changed. Um, <clears throat> but he's still the best floor general in the game now and yeah. certainly at the time was just – he's such an elite player. Well, Lonzo Bull. You have Lonzo Bull there, don't forget. You know, Lonzo, I think, fits better in New Orleans than people think. Yeah. I mean, just because yeah. his game is instinctual. His game is, it, when he gets in trouble, I don't say gets in trouble, but he's not as good when it slows down and he's in the half court. He's got to do the crisp ball things. He's got to read the, read the defense, come off the pick, and see, okay, this guy tagged here, and I've got to get the ball here. Like, that's where he's a little bit slow. But if he's in the open court and they're running like the Pelicans want to do, and he gets to play that instinctual, more playground style of game he's got, uh, it a it hides his flaws with some of his technique, but it also just that's where he's at his best. He just knows where everybody is instinctually, and the ball finds guys. And that's where I think, in an up tempo system, with Drew Holiday, they're going to be a great defensive backcourt. And I think that there's some potential there. Uh, excellent point there, uh, Kurt. You, you uh, wrote about the uh, Phoenix Suns being losers in this NBA draft. Can you explain to the audience uh, why you think that is? Um, it starts with I just again Cameron Johnson at eleven when they could have traded back. I mean again somebody so. They had in the 20s. I'm not sure about the fit completely. I mean, they're just not good enough not to take the best player. They didn't love it. I, I will give them some credit, by the way. I mostly did it because of that and trading back to do that. Right. They did get Ty Jerome at 24. I, I like that pick, to be honest with you. I like Ty Jerome as a guy who, who can step in and make like, – I think he's going to be a, a long-time backup point guard in the NBA. But mostly I'm, just, I'm one of the people really down on the, on the Johnson pick at, at 11. All right, all right. Thanks. Uh, that's Kurt Heelan right there. Before we let you go, a little free agency uh, talk here. Uh, we have like a minute or so, Kurt. But uh, Celtics, Lakers. Uh, first off, the Lakers and, and the finalizing the trade with the Pelicans. Do we know exactly if that's complete and what that means uh, potentially for the Lakers as far as cap space is concerned? Uh, it will be completed on the sixth because they traded that number. Pelicans traded that number four pick uh, to the, the Hawks. The Hawks don't want to wait. Nobody wants to wait. The deal is, and apparently this was arranged before. If they got a third team involved, there was no talk of pushing it back because no team was going to, no team was going to take a guy at number four and say, "Oh yeah, well, you don't need to play summer league. Forget it." No, mm. they they want their guys. Right, so right. Uh, that that's now going to get done on the sixth. If they're going to open up max cap space, they've got to do it a a more complex way. They've got to convince Davis to not take his bonus, and they've got to. Uh, move Bonga and and uh, Caruso and some of the guys that they could theoretically type their books a little bit. Um, I don't know if they're going to get there. And by the way, I don't know if that's the best strategy or is it? Do you need one more max player? Or are you better off getting 
Right. Some more two surrounding three guys players. In the, Danny, right. in the Danny Green, Trevor Ariza, maybe right. get J.J. Redick in the mold, man. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think you might be right there. Uh, forget about the two Max players and, and yeah, and add some other players surrounding LeBron and Anthony Davis as, as well. Uh, all right. Uh, Is that Kurt, the lesson of the finals? Do I have the, the Lakers in the finals? Wait, no. No, I said, wasn't that the lesson of the finals? Oh, right, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you made, if you build a top-heavy team, you better pray there's not injuries. Yeah. Where, I, cool, you know, Leonard was hobbled, but Fred Van Vliet was awesome, and Serge Ibaka was hitting shots, and Danny Green had good games. And those guys matter. All right, well, one last question. Uh, only 30 seconds, though, Kurt. Uh, Celtics, what are they going to do? How are they going to get back on top? They're seemingly losing Hawford and Kyrie Irving now. Um, so what's their plan? What's Danny Ainge's plan? Uh, they're going to take their time. Ro- obviously, Romeo Langford at 14 is going to develop into a superstar. You can't shoot much, no. but yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I think, I think the $2 million question was yeah. that just his thumb. I, I'm higher on Langford than most. Okay. That said, um, okay. I think this is something that's a multi-year process. I mean, they, they still got Towns. I mean, Towns. They still got Tatum. They still got Brown. They still got some nice players, but it's a, re- it's a bit of a reset on that process. It's, uh, the plan did not come together, and they're on about plan Z now. Oh, man. Unfortunately for Celtics fans out there. Kurt, wonderful yeah. job as always. Appreciate it, man. And go get some rest. I know you've been up for like yeah. days upon days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to get a little rest this weekend because, you know, everything's still. I'm, you know, I think we're all very, very excited Monday for the NBA's regular season award show, right? Like, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, go figure. Uh, thanks, Kurt. Awesome job, man. Hey, that's Kurt Heelan, Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com. Still more to do. We'll talk Baker Mayfield next, we hope. <laughs> what is this? No doubt. All right, back here on At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. I'm Sean Guasamacchia. We'll get back to the NBA draft in just a second. And uh, it, it's great. I, I love doing the show here uh, as I people in, in the restaurant from Versa could look in. But one of the security guards just came by, and he's like closing the curtain here. I, I don't know what that means. I guess uh, people are complaining about me. I, I don't know what have you. Uh, there's a lot of traffic here today. It's a Friday, so it's uh, usual as I say hello to the patrons who are uh, uh, going out to the rooftop bar out there. Very, very nice uh, rooftop bar. And so um, that is uh, always an adventure whenever you see people who are uh, passing by, waving at you. But uh, one of the security guards uh, kind of closed the curtain a little bit. Uh, not all the way, obviously, but... Yeah, it just just cover me. I I, I don't know. I, I'm insulted by that actually. I, you know, I I don't. You know, come on, man. What are you doing? You're killing me over here. You're killing me. Next, I'm gonna be off the screen out there if they haven't already t- taken me off. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, welcome ba- back uh, to at the window here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, I'll get to Baker Mayfield in a minute. Love Baker Mayfield. I love everything about Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns are gonna have a disappointing year. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with Baker Mayfield's attitude, but uh, and, and I'll get to his his latest remarks. Uh, d- didn't have a chance to talk about it yesterday, but uh, I'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to welcome back to the show for the first time on this show. Actually, he was a regular on Calling the Shots with Keith Irizarry. He is Patrick, the intern, although he's not the intern anymore. What's up, Patrick? Not much, Sean. I'm glad to be back. Glad there you are. What's going on? We can't call you Patrick the Intern anymore. You need a new name. Uh, Patrick the Stallion. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm not calling you that, but uh, if, if that's what you're called around your, your neck of the woods, sure. then, then so be it. All right, Pat. Uh, 
NHL draft tonight. Uh, did, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just, <laughs> yeah, thank God. Just, <laughs> Jack Hughes, anyone? <laughs> no. If you want hockey talk, uh, tune into NHL Network. <laughs> You're not getting it here. Uh, uh, hockey. Forget about hockey right now. The Devils are going to pick Jack Hughes, though. He's, he, he's the best prospect since 2016 in Austin Matthews, uh, for what that's worth. All right. Patrick, what's going on? Uh, NBA draft last night. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from the draft from last night? A lot. Well, one, uh, I think the biggest takeaway I had was Nas Little dropping very far down, all the way to 25 to Portland. This is a guy that came into his freshman year at UNC, arguably a top 10 pick. Uh, a lot of people thought he could have gone top five. He was top, I believe, top 15, top 10 in his high school draft class. And, uh, you know, he goes to play for Roy Williams at UNC, and he's kind of you know, a bench player for most of the year and doesn't get the exposure he might've wanted, but everyone knows he's a talented player. So he declares for the draft anyway. And you notice because of the lack of exposure, the lack of playing time, he dropped all the way from being a lottery pick to going close to outside of the first round. He stayed in the first round going 25th, but still a guy like Nas Little, he's going to make noise. And for a team like Portland that needed a wing desperately, they really lucked out grabbing a guy with of his talent level. Agree with you there. I also uh, agree with Kurt Heelan, who just said Cam Johnson going 11th overall was from UNC. His teammate right. was a, a big surprise as well. Yes. How about um, Ball Ball going in the second round? That shocked me as well. That was, that was surprising. Jordan Poole, even from Michigan, going 28th surprised me. I didn't think he was going to be a first-round pick. Uh, a lot of surprise there. I, outside of the big three, we'll get to the big three, and that's Barrett, that, that's Morant, and, and Williamson. Your uh, which player in your mind went to the best is in the best situation right now in the first in the first round. Let's leave it at first round picks. I actually I actually think Nas Little. I think when you go, no kidding, to, really? Yeah. Well, I think Portland really needed Portland's needed a wing for Lord knows how long. Last year they pick Anthony Simons, a young point guard who was kind of looked like a move for the future, and you know maybe Dame didn't want to stick around, but that doesn't look like how it's going to be anymore. So it's almost, in my opinion, a waste of a draft pick simply because I don't know where they're going to fit Anthony Simons in. But Nas Little actually fits a position they've needed for so long, which is a wing. He's versatile. He can score. He can stretch the floor. He's really strong. He's athletic. I think he's in the perfect fit in Portland. Yeah, I, I like Darius Garland. I like his spot in Cleveland with John Beeline's system. Yeah, he's going to play with Colin Sexton, but he could shoot. And if you could shoot, you're going to play a lot and you're going to get the, the shots in beeline system. He's going to spread the floor. He's going to have open looks. I, I like that a lot, uh, especially if Kevin Love stays on the team. So I like uh, Darius Garland's situation there in, in, with the Cleveland Cavs. How about the Knicks and the big three? Let, let's talk about the big three. The Knicks selected R.J. Barrett. Morant goes to the Grizzlies. And then you have, of course, uh, Williamson with the Pelicans. Out of yeah. those three guys, all right, like, first of all, Zion Williamson, what are your expectations for Zion in the NBA? Uh, is he going to be an all-time great or an all-time bust? No, he won't, be, he won't be either of the two. I was actually talking to Rashad Phillips the other day uh, about Zion, and I kind of agree with him. Like His ceiling is, is very high, and I, I think he's going to wind up being close to like a 20-10 guy. I think he can do that within the first two, three years, which is astounding. That's all-star caliber. Yep. So I think he, ha he has all-star potential in him, but there's so much pressure on him right now. And honestly, I think wearing the white suit last night was a bad move. You put more pressure on yourself by doing exactly what LeBron did, the person everyone's comparing you to, which is a ton of pressure. Uh, <laughs> But I don't know. He's, he, I don't think he'll be you know, the next best thing to happen in the NBA. But oh, yes, he will be. Uh, see, I hope. I hope. Yes. That's my thing. He, he's so fun to watch when he's at his best. Five I really, MVPs. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I, I'm really high on him. You, you know that. I, I've kind of turned the corner uh, mm-hmm. on Zion. I, I think he'll be closer to LeBron James. He won't. I don't think he'll reach LeBron James status. But I think at some point we're going to be like Zion Williamson's the best player in the NBA. I think. I, hope, I think we'll say I, that. I really hope that's the case because that would mean he also improved his shooting ability quite a bit, um, which I think he's going to. I don't I think, think he has to. He can live inside the paint like Giannis. See, I don't know if he's see Giannis is six eleven, way more lanky. He's a lot longer. His dimensions help him out a lot when going to the rack. We don't know though. We'll see. Yep. I think Zion's first concern is uh, trying to lose a couple pounds. He's he's a little thick. He's a little. That's heavy. not happening. That's natural, I, I, man. But it's it's there's a lot of body fat on him. I think he can still lose that body. Did fat. you see him in that suit? He looked muscular to me. Oh yeah, he's muscular, but don't, there's still a layer of body fat over them that they're going to try to shed down. It's not healthy to be six seven, two hundred eighty five pounds. I, I can't see his weight going down though, um, Pat. I, I can't because he's eighteen. He's going to get bigger if anything. Yeah. Well, I think if they convert the body fat into muscle, then he'll be fine. I think that would actually, in fact, it, it might actually make him a little heavier. You're right. Yeah. But I, what 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 matters most is cutting the body fat down because there All is right. body fat on him, and then you just don't want someone who's sure. Athleticism yeah. that much to get you know in his game. Yeah, you have body fat on you too. I mean, most younger guys you have to grow into your body. Team <laughs> player. <God. laughs> all, right, all right, now we only have a couple more minutes with you, Pat, and uh, uh, yeah. we we can't get to the poll question. Uh, no, I'm just kidding for all time's sake. <laughs> um, Keith's doing great, by the way. I should bring him on for an NHL draft preview. Actually, <laughs> NHL Network. Um, and, but but before we get to that, RJ Barrett, Knicks. What are your mm-hmm. expectations for RJ Barrett's career? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it starts out. Uh, I think RJ Barrett, I, I was actually talking to my good friend Justin about this earlier today or earlier yesterday. Um, he, he needs to go to a team with a facilitator. And right now, New York doesn't really have that. Dennis Smith Jr. at the point doesn't, I don't think, fit that mold. But no, I think RJ, he is the full support of everyone in New York. And you want to know why? It's because when was the last time you remember the Knicks getting a lottery pick and going with the obvious choice? Right? right, right. It hasn't right. happened in forever. So I think Knicks fans are just happy that their front office was finally just like open, kept their eyes open, and said, "We're taking the best available player. We know who that is. We're going to take him. Everyone knows him. He's had a ton of exposure in the states. They didn't try to go outside of the states and draft some, you know, odd European player or something like that that no one's heard of before. So I think what really helps is that the New York Knicks fans back the pick, and they're they're all really excited about it. I don't know how he's going to do in his first year. I think he'll be good. Let me like get this clear. R.J. Barrett is a number one overall pick type of player. He was just going in a draft where he had John Morant and Zion Williamson, both who could have gone number one in any other respective draft, right in front of him. So I think definitely hurt his draft stock, but still, he's a number one caliber player, overall pick caliber player. Uh, I think he's going to do fine. It might be a little bit slower than people are hoping, uh, but he's going to be a really good NBA player. One thing uh, I want to mention, uh, the losers uh, from last night's NBA draft, and that's, of course, the Boston Celtics' Romeo Langford. What are you guys doing up there? The guy shot 27% from three at Indiana last year. Come on now. What's Danny well, H doing? Well, Indiana's offense was absolutely atrocious last year, and Romeo Langford was Another reason why you don't pull them. A large bulk of that. Um, that's something I wasn't really high on as well. He took a guy that didn't really come from the best culture in college basketball, at least last year. Yeah. Um, yep. But my concern is we we took a shooting guard at fourteen when we have two shooting guards already in terms. Of, uh, we yeah, let's go Boston. I know, uh, I know. That's why I have TD Dylan up there. Yeah. Dylan Brown and Marcus Smart, both two guys who I do not see losing their positions to Romeo Langford. Uh, I think if anything, they were hoping to go point guard at that position, but the point guard depth in this draft just wasn't tremendous. They got a point guard later in Carson Edwards, who I really like. I'm kind of high on. 
Uh, he's going to be a project. He's going to need to develop a little bit more. Uh, his comparison right now is Quinn Cook, which I think is actually very accurate. Uh, and I think is a very uh, nice place to start for him. Doesn't put a lot of pressure on him. A guy that performed a lot in college was a top 10 scorer in the nation uh, and really put on the average over 30 points per game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so I think people might be thinking a little too much about him going to the NBA. So that comparison to Quinn Cook, I think, if anything, alleviates some of that pressure off of him. Uh, but I like that. And my favorite pick of the draft for the Celtics is Grant Williams. He's a yeah. guy that's going to system i think really well doesn't have tremendous size or athleticism or shooting ability but the potential for all of that is there six seven 240 pounds that's a great start to to an nba career body wise uh he's a, he's a really smart player and i think he's going to fit in a brad systems uh, excuse me a brad stevens system of you know everyone touches the ball everyone's getting buckets i think he's going to be a really nice piece for that team all right, enjoy your uh, Boston Celtics next year. What are they? Forty-one and forty-one. Uh, what do you think? The record? Uh, it's it's going to be oh, it's going to be tough, man. Going from title contenders to uh, middle of the road Eastern Conference team. Yeah, see, losing Kyrie Irving, I think actually was going to help. Al Horford yeah. winning game. Yeah. Al Horford's a big loss. Yeah. Al Horford's yeah. definitely a loss. This team didn't want to take going into this next year. But at the same time, I totally understand why the Boston Celtics, why Danny Ainge wouldn't want to offer a 33-year-old veteran a four-year contract worth $100 million because then he'd be 37 making 25 mil. It just doesn't make any sense. All right, great point there. Uh, do you have a uh, rookie of the year in the NBA Predict- right now for me? Um, I'll give you my prediction. Zion versus the field. What do you think? Taking the, the field. field. I'll take the field. I'm taking Zion. All right, we'll, we'll have you back, and we'll argue that next time. Running out of time, though. Patrick, thanks a lot. Patrick the dot, dot, yeah. dot. Stallion? <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Call me the guru. All right, the guru. You got it. All right, enjoy Hofstra. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, buddy. All right. All right, as we transition to Steve Sadovoy, uh, Mad Props is our segment. Uh, congratulations, 2-1-1 uh, last week. Yeah, uh, we're going to try to keep that up today. All right, before um, I get to that, though, Baker Mayfield. What about him? He's got uh, a new bandana? No, he, he's, he's going after the Texas quarterback now, Sam Ellinger. Uh, did you see that? He called no. into an Oklahoma radio no. station and told him to shut up, basically. Oh, I thought he went Kyrie and called yeah. into a radio station and said that Baker's the oh, best, quarter, no. best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, no. I love Sam uh, oh, Baker. My name's Mayfield. Mike. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's really funny. Kyrie's a, he's, he's, he's a trip. But before we get to you, I love Baker Mayfield. But Me too. the Browns are going to struggle next year because his attitude is going to clash with Landry with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. already has because he criticized Duke Johnson for, you know, not wanting to be here or we only want to be with the guys who want to be here. And then the veterans had to take him to the side and be like, hey, man, don't say that uh, publicly. Yeah, I just think that they're not going to live up to what everyone expects. Uh, 100%. It seems like a bunch of guys that are all over his head. Potentially. Exactly. All right. The roster's awesome, but whatever. Yeah, of course. Uh, Actually, by the way, on the topic of uh, of last night's draft and rookie of the year. What I got is I got my favorite, my mid-tier, my sleeper. All right, so Zion's a favorite at 150, minus 150. And that's my favorite as well. But what I would do is I would put the most on that Zion pick if I'm already betting. Uh, My next two picks would be the mid-tier pick is R.J. Barrett at plus 550. He might just end up having be forced. His hand might be forced into pretty much touching the ball way more than a lot of the other players. And my sleeper is Mike Laporta Jr. from Denver. Mm -hmm. Plus 3,300, didn't play last year. I like it. I like it. Why not? He's really on the board? He's yeah. on the board right now? Yeah. Wow. Didn't play last year. Got hurt. Will he get enough shots there in Denver, though? He could. Yeah. He could. Listen, if at plus 3,300, I'll take my chances. I'll take that. How about uh, Darius Garland, plus 1,400? I like his, his opportunity. They I, won't win enough. That's I don't the problem. Hate it, but uh, he's going to score. He is, and they're going to be behind in games. So there is a 
potentially chance for garbage And the defense is atrocious. There is no defense. Yeah, exactly. They play the Mike D'Antoni defense. (laughs) Right, exactly. Just stand there and get the ball back as quickly as you can. Uh, Though, if if Love's on the team, uh, will that help or hurt his chances? Yeah, it might help. Uh, Yeah, because it's him. It's Nance is still there. It Technically, I like, Thompson. I like it. He'd be my other sleeper right. between him and Michael Porter. I'll give you that one. <laughs> you have some baseball picks yeah, for us. Uh, we'll continue uh, with baseball. I, I, Albert Pujols, hello. Albert <laughs> Pujols returns to St. Louis for the first time since he left in 2011. That's tonight. Uh, look forward to that. Albert Pujols returning to St. Louis and how he does. But let's get to Steve and let's get to some props for tonight. Baseball. All right, here's what I got. We got Keiko returning oh, yes. to baseball also. Right. Uh, so I actually like Atlanta at Washington. And the bet that I would take would be Atlanta to win and under 8.5 for the game at plus 340. Seems, uh, seems worthwhile to me, at least. Uh, right. I think both hit- Strasburg has been struggling, but I don't see it as being uh, a very high-scoring game. Yeah, 3.75 ERA going into tonight's Yeah, start. I think it's going to be a 5-3, 4 3 So under 8.5, sort of okay. Yeah. Uh, Toronto at Boston. Race to 6, Boston to win that one. Sale versus Thornton. Ooh. Plus 120. Mm, I like that. And uh, we got Miami at Philly. Most hits for Philly. It's Sandy Alcantara versus uh, Aaron Nola. Mm. There's going to be some hits in this game, but I think Philly beats them out probably 8 to 10. I mean, 10 to 8. So so you're high on uh, Keiko returning. You think he's going to be uh, a good start? His first start back. He keeps in the yard. I think he goes about five innings. and Strasburg's been struggling a little bit. Yeah, that's this the year. problem. That's what the eight and a half is kind of dicey there with Strasburg. Well, that's where you're getting the plus three forty on it. How about the bullpen though for the Braves? Has that been living up to expectation it's lately? Better than the Nationals bullpen. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, listen, you were two and one last week, and, and we bring you on because you know what you're talking about. Um, so if we could hit two and one one more time, that's four and two in in two weeks. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, do we have a prop bet on the line? I, I lost, I think, last week to you, so I had to buy you lunch. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do the Rookie of the Year. Is it too early no, for that? No, too early. What, what's, what's going on tonight? Uh, uh, well, I like, uh, well, Michigan I like. I like Michigan plus 100 in, in the College Baseball World Series against Texas Tech. Texas Tech is actually the favorite tonight. Not my game, man. All right, Not so we won't game. go there. That's at 2 o'clock. It's coming up shortly. <laughs> Better be on Inversa. I want to watch it. You All said right. you like the Mets game also. Yes, today. the Mets. You Darvish is, is uh, pitching for the Cubs against uh, so the So you want to do over 10 walks for you, Darvish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's over, baby. It's over. Uh, he's been pitching well, so he's, he's he in has, for it. and so has Mets ace uh, Jason Vargas. Yeah, <laughs> he has been, but I don't believe in Vargas. It's, it's not going to last. So what do you want to do? Uh, I like the Cubs. You win? Give me the Cubs, yeah. Give me Jason Vargas. Uh, Let's do it, man. All right, fine. We do we'll, it. We'll right. do it for there lunch. We go. <laughs> That's Steve's Attavoy Mad Props. Uh, until next week, that'll do it for us. Thanks to Kurt Healing. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to Patrick, the intern, for joining me. I can't join. I can't say the stallion. Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Baker Mayfield's awesome, but the Browns are going to disappoint. That's what you got. need to remember. See you later. Please.